Welcome to Witchcraft Edinburgh's Murderous Tale. Today's tale is all about Lord Darnley. In 1590, Mary, Queen of Scots, returned from France. When she got back to Scotland, she realised Scotland was changing allegiances. She was born a Catholicist and she was a staunch Catholicist. She never hid that fact. But Scotland was changing to Presbyterianism under John Knox. Now this proved a small problem. Most of her cabinet was changing allegiances to the Presbyterian faith. This meant that Mary Queen of Scots had to marry. Now there was a large number of suitors available for her to choose from. But she decided to pick her first cousin, Henry Stuart, better known as Lord Darnley. Now this was more a marriage of convenience than it was ever a marriage of love. Lord Darnley wanted the title of king, but Mary Queen of Scots always refused his request. It came about that he started to resent Mary, Queen of Scots, for this to such an extent that she actually banned him from attending any of the court meeting, meetings or procedures. Now, he was starting to get a little jealous due to the fact that Mary, Queen of Scots, was, shall we say, getting more interested and more closer to one of her servants, better known today as David Riccio. Now, he is actually known as Rizzio in Edinburgh. This lovely gentleman was Italian, he was good-looking, he was a musician, but more importantly to Mary Queen of Scots, he actually listened to what she had to say, and he actually gave her very good advice. To such an extent, she actually made him private secretary, meaning this gentleman had more power within his body than actually what Lord Darnley did. Because to get to the Queen, you actually had to go through him, David Riccio. This also meant, at certain times, Lord Darnley had to make an appointment to see his own wife. Can you imagine... What it was be like to having to make an appointment to see your own wife. Well, it eventually got to the stage that he started hearing rumours that Mary, Queen of Scots, was actually having private meals with Riccio in the matrimonial chambers, in her private suite within Holyrood House. One day, he decided to take advantage of this and he stormed in to the private chambers of Mary Queen of Scots February the 9th 1566. There he found the David Riccio and his wife, his wife's lover, whichever way you wish to look at it. He stormed towards Mary Queen of Scots he took her, he held a dagger to her stomach. Now she was pregnant with James VI at this moment in time. In trooped four other lords. 
They grabbed Riccio and they duly stabbed him 56 times. James Douglas, the Earl of Morton, grabbed Riccio's body, dragged it to the outside stairs and threw it down the stairs. Now, although this was witnessed by numerous people within Holyrood House and the Queen, no one was charged with Riccio's murder. But they did learn a valuable lesson. You do not, in any way, shape or form, mess with the Queen's lover. They darnly had to leave Edinburgh. And he did. He duly went to Glasgow, to his ancestral home in Glasgow. Now, he knew he had to make up with Mary, Queen of Scots, in some form. So, upon the baptism of his son, James VI, at Stirling Castle, on the 24th of December, 1566, he rode all the way to the castle itself. He begged with the Queen to stay there. The Queen duly refused. She told him to leave. She wanted nothing to do with him. So he set off from Stirling Castle and rode all the way back towards Glasgow. On the way back to Glasgow, he fell seriously ill. It was actually deemed that he was dying. Word was taken back to Mary, Queen of Scots. She duly ordered that his body be taken into Edinburgh itself and to the Provost's house at Kirk of Field. And this is where his body was laid. Every night from December all the way through to February, Mary, Queen of Scots, actually attended Lord Darnley. In fact, Lord Darnley believed that the two of them may actually have a chance to save the marriage. Upon February the 9th, 1567, she did something very strange that day. She took off her collar and placed it around Darnley's neck. She duly told Darnley that she was actually attending a wedding to one of her lady's servants, one of the other four Marys, and she would not see him for the rest of the day. Darnley may not have taken a heed of this, or he may have thought nothing of it, but his mind did change. You see, at this point she turned around as she was leaving and said to him, by the way, my love, it is a year to the day that you actually attended the murder of David Riccio. She then duly left. Darnley must have feared for his life at that moment in time. He needed to as well, because at 2am on February the 10th, his house, this was a two-storey building, fortified, it was against the Flodden Wall, exploded. There was nothing left of the building above ground level. It was completely flattened in the explosion. The people of Edinburgh 
raced out. They started searching the rubble and they found a few servants and that within the rubble itself. But no body of Darnley's was discovered. That was until the sun started to rise and body and Darnley's body was discovered. It was in an orchard some 60 feet from the explosion itself. Now yes, an explosion of the magnitude that it took to destroy the house could fling a body over 60 feet away. But the strange thing was, when they discovered the body, there was no marks on the body whatsoever. No burns, no bruises, no broken bones, no scratches, no scorch marks, nothing. In fact, his night goonie, what he was wearing at the time, was in fact pristinely clean. There was no way he actually died in that explosion. His manservant was found a few feet further on, and again there was no marks upon his body for him to have been in an explosion, such as the magnitude that it took to destroy the house. To this very day, we seriously do not know who murdered Lord Darnley. We certainly know the when, we certainly know the where. In fact, we don't actually know what he was used to murder Lord Darnley. Lord Bothwell was blamed for it. He stood trial, he was found innocent, and he actually went on to marry Mary, Queen of Scots. And this actually started the Civil War in Scotland. Mary, Queen of Scots, against her very own son, James the Sixth.